Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Darren Hefty along with my brother Brian. We're going to be talking about spring manure applications. Yes, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, guess what? It goes on tons of acres across the country and even on our farm last year we got into some spring manure for I think the first time possibly I don't know that we had necessarily done spring manure before that but when we look at spring manure it's a little bit different than putting manure on in the fall obviously you're a lot closer to when you're going to be raising a crop and you've got a few extra things there that you got to watch for so we'll talk about that today we'll also take your calls and agronomic questions at 844 44 ag phd all right brian uh have we done spring manure before last year i mean to any large extent yes we have um gotten a bind a couple different times over the years and i mean if you go way back so i'm sure you're just talking about the last 10 years but if you go way back we've actually done lots of spring manure and i just say my biggest fear is that we get too much on there was one year where we put so much in a little spot and it literally killed the beans. So salt ever since that time, I just thought we got to be really careful about what we're doing. I mean, I don't care if it's soybeans, corn, whatever crop it is, there's only so much salt that it can handle. And that's our biggest fear. And it's more of a fear in the spring than it is in the fall. Because in the fall, you have a little bit of time to get rid of some of those salts, flush some of those salts out. In the spring, oh boy, um, I just, I worry, especially in a dry year. Yeah, yeah, that can be a big concern. And you just don't know what you're going to get for a year either. That's the, the other challenge, just like everything else you're doing. And plus, if you're doing... Um, well, like you say, if you're doing soybeans, yeah, not not nearly as forgiving. Uh, so there are just a number of things to to think about with spring manure applications. A lot of times it ends up being, well, if if you've got your own livestock and you know, gosh, I couldn't get this done in the fall. Yeah, you kind of got to bite the bullet, but sometimes it's, man, I've been working with this uh, hog operation or this dairy operation, and I'm kind of doing them a favor. Um, you, you really got to gotta have a good communication about that going into it of, you know what, let's not go well, crazy on the rates, and maybe just in yeah, this but, field or that field that's really dry or, or upland, so I know I'm not going to have an issue. Yeah, I mean, uh, my other big fear in the spring is just that we're going to mud stuff in. So just like how we don't want to mud in our seed, we don't want to mud in any manure. So if you're out there, and but see, the problem a lot of times is, especially if you're pumping, you just kind of have to go. Whereas if it's dry manure, then you kind of pick your day. So I, I, I just, I worry that we're going to be out there when we shouldn't be, and then we create compaction. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it takes a long time to get rid of that compaction. So as much as you can, we just tell you, stay off the field if it's a little on the wet side. All right, Brian, uh, we got a number of Ag PhD mailbag questions. Uh, can we dive into those real quick? Go ahead. It's the mailbag. All right. I, I cherry picked this one for you, Brian. It's a tiling question. This one comes from Mike and he said, all right, guys, my neighbor wants to tile his ground and his ground is at a higher elevation than mine. 
The outlet solution yep. is to hook his line into my existing tile grid using my outlet. Now, sure. my question uh -huh. is, which system will drain out first, his high ground or my low ground? He wants to drain 80 acres through my six-inch tile that runs a half a mile down to the outlet. I'm afraid it's going to overload my system. What do you think? Well, that's certainly possible. So what happens a lot of times is the upstream guy will help the downstream guy pay to upsize the tile to go from, let's just throw an example out, six inch up to eight inch. An eight inch line will handle a whole bunch more water than a six inch line. So that would be something that could be done potentially if you want to upsize that line. Or here's the other thing. I don't know how deep those lines are. Let's just say they're put in at four feet deep. Maybe you put another line in through the field just for this upstream farmer, it's his line, and it's three feet deep or two and a half feet deep or something, so it doesn't mess up the deeper tile lines, and then that allows his water to flow through. So, I mean, you've got options, and most years it's not going to matter. It's just the really wet year that it, it could be a problem, but the thing is, I don't know your slope. If it's steep, then you can put you you will have lots of water flushing through if it's not steep then yeah you might be you might be concerned so i i don't know without knowing a few more of the details but that would be something to talk to the guy about up front yeah that's exactly right you normally would would start with the upland neighbor but maybe at the time you tiled he didn't want to tile or or there's a new owner up there that that it's changed things up on you. So, yeah, if you can, if at all possible, if you're going to be tiling, talk to your neighbors that are up from you as well as the ones that are down. Everybody focuses on, well, yeah. i got to go from me until I get to the river or stream or over or draining too. Well, talk to the guys above you too to see, hey, do you, are you ever going to tie into this? Because if you are, uh, it, it should be nice to plan that out up front. Okay, okay. He, he asked the question, which one is going to drain out first? Um, they're both going to be draining at the same time. Which one is going to completely empty out first? The upstream one versus the downstream one. But I, here, here's the other thing. By having that upstream tile, that means there's going to be less water for the downstream neighbor tile system. So it's all, overall a good thing, and it really should help everybody. Yeah, it should. And and like you say, you're worried about it up front about, hey, we're all wet right now as we're starting. It's going to take a little time for things to go. But eventually, if you got that water table under control, you can soak in a little more water, too. And uh, it's going to help you that his land is is well drained and decrease that that window for you that you're going to have more problems as well. Not sure if I said that the best way possible, but we'll we'll try to uh, address your questions as we go. Again, you can call us at 844-44-AG-PHD or email us radio at agphd.com. We're going to start off, though, with a discussion of spring manure applications. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. 
When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at headsupst.com. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, you're getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting a crop nutrition plan that maximizes your fertilizer applications from every drop, all while accounting for your management practices and the products you're already using. But it's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we're going to talk a little about spring manure. I remember as a young person growing up on the farm, I had a lot of duties with our hog operation and some duties with our cattle operation. And one of those duties involved cleaning pens and getting manure out. And man, was I excited when winter was over and we could potentially get putting manure back out on fields. And there, there are some good things about manure. Obviously, you've got fertility value there. That's wonderful. There are also some negative things that we want to talk about as well, like, well, just driving out in fields, uh, which which can create compaction, those kinds of things, and, and salt and other things. But um, it, it's a big discussion, and certainly if you've got a few head of livestock, it's one thing. If you've got thousands of heads of livestock and you got, wow, i got to get these, these pens cleaned out, uh, it, it could be a whole other discussion. Uh, let's head over to Ohio State right now to talk to Glenn Arnold uh, a little bit about spring manure. Glenn, thanks for joining us. You bet. Always glad to, always glad to be on. All right. So we're talking spring manure application. Now, I, I think a lot of farmers, if they could, would get everything done in the fall. Hopefully conditions are dry. they got a long time here until the crop's going to be out there. There's some good things there. But uh, spring manure, it's not the end of the world either. It could be a good thing as well. Right. Um, a lot of our farmers, especially the dairy and the hog, deal with liquid manure on uh, our part of the corn belt. And uh, liquid manure, especially hog manure, has a lot of nitrogen in it. So if we can get that out either uh, before crops are planted or put it on top shortly after crops are planted, uh, you can get a lot of value out of that nitrogen. Yes, and nitrogen applications closer to when the crop is going to use it in a lot of ways are really, really good. Uh, when you're looking at manure analysis, is that often the limiting factor with that manure is how many pounds of N do you actually need? Yep, a lot of our hog manure, for example, will run about 35 pounds of available nitrogen. That's in the ammonium form, about 35 pounds of available nitrogen per 1,000 gallons. So if a farmer... Um, is using a drag hose or a tanker to apply that. Uh, oftentimes, 
you know, if we can get uh, 6,500 gallons of uh, soy manure incorporated, that can provide all the side dress nitrogen needed by the corn crop. If we can't get it incorporated and we just want to drag hose on top, you're not going to get all of that, but you'll get enough of it that you'll probably be within about uh, oh, 12 bushel of, uh, of incorporated manure. So, you know, you can make that up with a little additional side dress or make that up with uh, a little more row starter. Yeah, there are a lot of different ways that the growers can go. As as these operations have gotten bigger, we're seeing more of them in our state uh, talking about, well, hey, we're going to have to spread in the fall and we're going to have to spread some acres in the spring pretty much every year. Is that how it's getting to be in Ohio, too, that the guys are really just planning we're going to need some acres done in the spring? Usually. Uh, we did come off a particularly good fall for manure application. So most farmers got pumped down for pretty well. But our dairy farmers are making it a pretty much a routine uh, where they have a, a lar large concentration of animals that they'll uh, plant those cornfields whenever the soil's fit in early May. And then they will immediately have the drag hose applicator put about a 10,000 gallon per acre rate of manure on those fields. And then uh, about two, three weeks later, when the corn's up about V2 stage, maybe V3, they'll come right back with another application of dairy manure. So that provides just about the nitrogen they need, and it doesn't exceed the P2O5 needs of the corn crop. Hey, Glenn, when, when growers are using cover crops, and I know there's uh, plenty of growers in the state of Ohio that are they're utilizing cover crop now, uh, many of them like to leave it green in the spring and they want to plant into that crop or maybe they burn it off just before how about with manure application does it make it easier does it change the timing up a little bit with the manure application or anything well the manure application to a green crop would certainly capture a lot of that nitrogen and and oftentimes makes that crop want to really take off so it really goes back to the farmer's plan if he if he uh, has the equipment and the patience to plant into a tall growing crop uh, cover crop, then that's great. You can go ahead and put that manure on. But if you uh, intend to uh, uh, kill the crop before you plant, then you don't want it to be very big. Otherwise, we can form a mat and we can uh, keep that ground wetter than we'd like to have it. So I think that uh, all, all depends on how the farmer intends to uh, to utilize his uh, planting with the cover crop in place. Yeah, everybody's got a little different situation out there, and it's it's always good to learn. We we like talking with Glenn Arnold at Ohio State, who's who's just been great about uh, things going on with manure, new technologies, and and new methods that the growers are doing to get the most out of the manure. Glenn, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the work you do. I know you got a lot of work ahead of you coming up this season, so so thanks. Look forward to hearing from yep. you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Let's head down to the state of Iowa, where certainly there's a lot of spring manure that gets applied, especially in northwest Iowa. Uh, we've got our friend Tony Wendler on with Farm Shop MFG. And, Tony, we're, we're talking about spring manure application. That means spring planting's got to be close behind. It does not look like it out my window right now. And, <laughs> no, and, and not after you got days, more snow. <laughs> it's going to get worse in a couple days. Oh, well, this this is just the winter that just keeps on giving. But you know what? As dry as we've been for the last couple of years, we'll take the moisture. Hey, how much how much nitrogen do you get out of snow? Isn't that something that they always used to talk? 
Well, that was always my dad's optimistic way of looking at things. I don't know if there's a ton of nitrogen in there. Probably a little bit. I mean, gosh, the air is, what, 78% nitrogen, so there should be some. But, uh, yeah. you know, when I think about this, this manure application thing in the spring that we've been talking about today, I just think about feeding this year's crop. And no matter which crop that you're going to be putting out there, we're going to need some nutrients if we want to have a successful one. Uh, where I guess where do you come into this discussion, Tony? Did you want to talk manure a little bit, or did you want to talk planting after a spring manure application, and what kind of ground you're going to be going into? I got a, a couple things I want to touch base on, uh, but I would like to have a little bit of time, probably at the end, to start to decriminalize an acronym uh, that is really involved with our conversation. But the uh, I've I've had uh, lots of opportunity over uh, the years to put on manure. The the big things to me, you know, years back when uh, had livestock and had ways to apply it, you could do it on your schedule, and that always worked out really good. And one of the things that drives it right now, where I'm looking to get uh, manure from a neighbor, that uh, you're dealing with commercial application, and we have these windows when it's really a good time to work the soil but the guy with the commercial application is across the county and the the big hang up is for a uh, a producer to not get backed into a corner and uh put on because the guy is here today and your field's not quite right and um but he's if you if you don't take him he's going someplace else if you don't think your field's right and it's at the risk of damaging uh, through compaction in that, your field, I am going to vote very strongly don't do it because I've been there, done it wrong. Uh goes back to some years back when we were getting lots of rain and uh, you just couldn't get the right pattern. So that's my number one thing is spring application. Make sure you're not doing something that's going to damage your field and being boxed in a corner because of an applicator is here today and he's going to start on your field and it's not right. Uh, whatever value you're getting out of that manure is just useless if you've uh, really compacted that soil. Yeah, it's tough. So that, that, time, might... that timing gets really hard for guys, and, and I get it. they got a lot of acres they got to get over in a pretty narrow window to get it done. Okay, Tony, we got one minute. Did you want one more minute to wrap up your other point? Okay, I had something else, but I wanted, I'm going to hit on this one first. We need to decriminalize an acronym. Years ago, farmers would uh, move manure around. That was what they used for fertilizer. They would move manure around, and they got hauled on ships. They would put it down in the ships, and the uh, ships were blowing up. And insurance companies went and researched this. Why are these ships blowing up? Well, what's going on is they leak. So this manure would get wet, they would have methane gas come out, and somebody would walk down there with a lantern, and kaboom, they lost a ship and the insurance company had to pay. So then they went and they identified what the issue was, and they took these, uh, whatever they were, uh, however they were packaging this manure, and they put on it, ship high in transport. So what they wanted was it to be positioned above the decks. Yeah, I can I can see that with the uh, with the methane. Hey, Tony, uh, we're up against a break here. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. 
Get what you spray for. Results. Get the lasting control more corn growers trust with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Apply pre-plant, pre-emergence, or early post-emergence to control tough broadleaf weeds and grasses before they cost you. For superior control with a low use rate and long residual, make the easy, high-performing choice. Visit anthemmax.ag.fmc.com to get results. Always read and follow all label directions. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact Emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Where are you getting your fertilizer this year? Just about anywhere you look, it's going to cost more. And you may even find it's harder to get when you need it. It sure would be nice to have a better source of crop nutrients. Believe it or not, you do. It's your soil. Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the nutrients already in your fields, so you can add less fertilizer while getting the yield you're counting on. It's such a solid backup plan, you'll probably find yourself wondering why Source wasn't the plan all along. Visit sound.ag to learn more. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. From the smallest fastener to the trusses overhead, Morton leaves absolutely no detail to chance. It's how we ensure that your building stands the test of time. From concept to completion, we take pride in providing a high-quality building to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutrition N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trifold Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. back you're listening to ag phd radio and we've got structured time breaks here and tony was right in the middle of a great story we're talking with tony wendler here just before the break we'll we'll bring tony back up tony uh i I told you we had a minute left i I knew we were close and i thought oh man there's no way we're gonna get through that in a minute but you gave it a shot (laughs) now you'll have to to wrap it back up i need to talk faster the uh anyway now you sound like brian now you sound like brian always says no i don't i don't have less to say i'll just have to say it a little bit faster to try and fit it in (laughs) okay they're they're moving this manure around it's getting wet it's making methane it's blowing up ships so they stamp these containers the insurance uh companies ship high in transport well eventually 
they get rid of the ship high and it's S period, H period, I period, T period. And pretty soon people just start saying it. And it's just an acronym. I don't think everybody should get offended about it. But anyway, gotcha. that's I, I always like that interesting history. Everything's got a little history to it. And uh, I like that little history. And the uh, the last thing I would add on, on manure is that uh, if you get your conditions right to put it on, uh, especially like hog manure with there's a huge amount of uh, ammonia available, large amounts that are available the first year. And my outlook is count on the ammonia and worry about the protein nitrogen being uh, available the next year, and you're going to have some really good results. You get a lot of good nutrients out of it. There are micronutrients that, that come through also. So there are an awful lot of positives to manure. And uh, I... I think it's a very strong uh, component to to give you some good results on your crop if you can get it on uh, in the correct timing in the spring. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tony, one other thing. I was just thinking about grain bins, and and you mentioned here comes more snow and more snow. Uh, One thing that I I look at at this time of year, and I know growing up this was always something that that – we looked at on our farm was just getting to our grain bins. I mean, there's snow drifts and so forth around them. At this point, once you get into March, people get tired of pushing snow and then it's a, I don't really have to push snow over there. And if you don't, you're going to have a big muddy mess, but if you can get some of that snow away from those grain bins, if you want to get to them, you can actually get to them. And I, I guess that's one thing I was thinking, because I know as, as we warm up and as there's more moisture, uh, keep an eye on those bins is going to be super important. And this is the this is the time frame you really got to start paying attention to what's going on. All of us with smaller bins, we need to start looking at warming our bins up. And one of the things that uh, here earlier in February, I was maintaining my grain at just above freezing. Uh, one of the bins that was not as full, bins act as huge chimneys. And we had the colder weather earlier with the wind. Uh, that bin had frozen itself from, from bottom to top. It was completely frozen. The temperature on that bin was well down in the 20s. And the uh, the bin right beside it, the bottom was in the 20s. The uh, So now the one that's in the 20-degree range from bottom to top, I've got to warm it up because the ambient temp's increasing. But that other one is even more of a concern because I've got a, a 10 to 15-degree temperature gradient because the bottom is in the 20s, the top is uh, mid-30s. So what happens with that is moisture is going to migrate and condense on that colder grain like it will on a cold pop can. And that uh, will enhance rotting of that grain there. So, again, it's you need to ventilate, and it is we're in that time frame to start warming that stuff up. Keep the grain within uh, 10, maybe no more than 15 degrees of the average outside temperature, and we're going to bring that from our current storage temperatures uh, in the, uh, perhaps you freeze it in the teens or 20s, but uh, up into the, uh, the the 30s and 40s, and uh, by uh, late spring, early summer, we're going to have that up to 65 degrees or so. Uh, people who've frozen it in huge bins, different uh, different story. A lot of those guys leave it and just deal with the damage they've got on the edges and just there's so much grain there blends and uh 
I'd still watch it. You'd just hate to have something yeah. accelerate in oh, one of those. It is just its so many dollars that we've got in these bins. So, yeah, we're talking spring manure today, but we don't want to forget about what's going on in the grain bins because you can certainly lose quite a bit of money really fast. Uh, we're talking with our friend Tony hey. Wendler with Farm Shop MFG. Tony, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Help us with the acronym. <laughs> All right. I might, I might just leave that discussion on the side. Let's talk more about manure. We've got Brady Bjornson on with us right now with TopCon. Brady, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate being back. How's your guys' day going? Well, you know what? Uh, we had more snow over the weekend, and it's like, oh, man, when is spring coming? Because I, I know there's some manure that has to get out, not just on our farm, but on others as well. Uh, I, I know when, when farmers hear TopCon, they think technology and, oh, man, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out of TopCon. What's your play in the in the spring manure market, and, and what should farmers be thinking about this year? Yeah, like always, you know, farmers need to be thinking about the four R's while they're uh, sitting there looking out the picture winter or all the snow that's piling up. But whether it's with manure, whether it's granular fertilizer, we still need to be thinking about, you know, the four R's, right place, right product, right time, right rate, and how we're going to be getting that manure out there. One thing to think about, especially if you're a feedlot operator, a feedlot owner is I already paid once to get this product onto my farm or into my lot or into my, you know, my pig barn, my, my, my chicken barn, whatever. Let's get the most, uh, you know, let's get the most uh, out of this resource. There's two things that American uh, growers are really good at. Number one is overproducing. And then number two is uh, utilizing waste streams. And this, you know, this livestock waste is how a county would probably think about it. But as a grower, you're thinking about that as something that you can optimize. It's got value. And like I said before, American farmers are great at optimizing value on anything that they've got in their resource. So most growers are probably going to have a feedlot permit. And part of the requirement of the feedlot permit is a comprehensive nutrient management program. You know, nobody likes bringing the government into the conversation, but CNMPs are also very good at getting guys down the path of precision. And the reason why I say that is with the CNMP, generally anywhere between two to four, uh, you know, two to four years, you're going to have to be taking a soil sample, which if we're really taking a look at precision farming practices, you know, guys really should be taking soil samples anyways. Basically what we want to look at is if we get the, uh, we'll say the, uh, the less cost, um, Soil sample, we're going to be looking at pH, we're going to be looking at MPK, you know, what, what, what type of soil CEC we're going to be working with. And we can use that off of the manure pack or the, uh, the pit sample to figure out what our game plan is going to be either coming into this spring or coming into this fall. Um, big thing with that is if I understand what I've got and I understand what that soil needs and then I back, you know, basically back blend or back look at how I want my, my, uh, my yields to go for the, for the following year, I can start figuring out how much manure that I think I'm going to have to apply to get, you know, something I've already paid for on the farm versus how much granular fertilizer I am going to bring on uh, spraying or next fall. As we all know, here in the last three to five years, that granular fertilizer has continued to creep up, 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 and up. We want to mitigate the amount that we really need to be bringing on the farm, especially if we've got this, this very good source of MPK and micros that's sitting here on the farm already. So when we take a look at, you know, rate controllers, for example, We've got rate controllers called uh, the Athene product. The Athene works for both manure and granular fertilizer. You know, basically when we look at rate controllers, we want to take a look at your accuracy. We want to take a look at ease of use. We want to take a look at the, the potential for documentation as in generating an as-applied map. That way we can take that information. We can go back to the co-op. We can sit down with our agronomists and we can talk about, well, this is what I put down MPK-wise for my manure. This is what we're going to have to buy extra to get to my, you know, to get to my yield potential. Um, or we might not actually have to buy any depending on you know, what we've got to play with. The other part of this is bringing on something like scales. 
So with Top Gun, we've got uh, we've got a whole lineup of scales that uh, basically will play with Athene. So you know, like everything in life, teamwork makes the dream work. That's the way it is with rate controllers and scales. Uh, when we bring both of those together and they work and communicate with each other, I can get away from a lot of the the uh, the, the time that's spent going through calibration catch tests, uh, going through density cup readings and all that stuff. And we can actually just have a load and go system. Yeah. So when we take a look at like a manure spreader today, what's, what, what's one thing that we want to take a look at with a manure spreader and a catch test? And why is that not enjoyable? <laughs> you gotta go and catch it. <laughs> hey, well, and I like how you start off with the whole thing, Brady. And this is what's so good about technology and where we're at today with with providers like Topcon is you get a soil sample, you get a pit sample, and you put together a game plan as to what you actually need, and then you just go out and execute it instead of yeah <laughs> digging around in the manure by hand. Hey, Brady, we gotta run. Thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Yep. Thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Palmer Amaranth. Four counts of yield theft, resistance to groups two, four, nine. You ain't got nothing on me, man. We've been surveilling you. And now we've got Tough 5EC, a tank mix partner that'll make sure you and your gang of resistant weeds never see the daylight again. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belsham Crop Protection. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Water Hemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. This is Mike. Hey. He's getting a quick haircut at the local barber school. It's only five bucks. How bad can it? Oh! Yikes. Don't be like Mike when it comes to weed control. Get the job done right the first time and plan ahead with Status Herbicide. It delivers elite corn safety and reliable performance, so you don't have to deal with more problems than you bargained for. No, 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 no. Status Herbicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bale hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. 
Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking spring manure on our show today, but also our phone lines are open if you have any agronomic question, 844-44-AG-PHD, and you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Let's head over to Illinois. We've got Jason on with us right now. Uh, talk a little bit about the reality of spring manure application. How you doing, Jason? Great. How you doing? Pretty good. Okay, so talk to me first about field conditions in your part of the state. Uh, wait, in, you're Indiana, aren't you? Or are you Illinois? Yes, Indiana. Yep. Sorry. Oh boy, I, I think I said Illinois first. I, my apologies to you, but <laughs> right. uh, you're part of Indiana right now. What are what are field conditions looking like, and what do you anticipate in the spring? Uh, it's starting to dry off. We were we've been pretty dry the last two or three years compared to the last ten. Uh, but we got three and a half inches of rain a few days ago, but we're graying off again today. So we'll, we'll take all the rain we can get. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, when it comes to, to spring manure application, when do growers like to start where you're at if, if everything works out well? Well, we've, we've put it on in February before, uh, when it's been relatively dry, but, um, you know, that's that's the main thing is, is be patient. So you got to go back to the fall and try to get them down as late in the fall as you can. And then you have the option. Your pigs aren't, you know, swimming in it in the spring and you got to get out there. So that's that's the main thing is be able to be patient. Yeah, it's it's hard to do sometimes. But like you say, uh, you, you got to just think long term here. I, I mean, we're going to get it done eventually. And, you know, when you, you look at spring applications, uh, I guess, how do you figure that? Is it half of the work gets done in the spring, half in the fall? Is that ideal or, or does more uh, larger percent end up being done in the fall normally or, or how does it work for you? We just try to get them down both in the fall and in the spring because when we haven't, we've been in, in jams where May is really wet and then we're going out there and, you know, and it's not fit. So we get them down both years. Um, we put a little bit more on in the fall because we know we're going to lose a little nitrogen. But um, we ideally, you know, it's fit and we get about 3,500 or 4,000 gallons down. So we cut the rate back and then we, we come in and wide drop um, a little bit of nitrogen if need be, uh, but we can get away with just fall or sorry, spring applied manure on our corn most years. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, when you look at crop rotation, do you, do you try to utilize that too? I know for, for us, we used to always have some small grains on the farm and that would kind of give us a little different window of, Oh, I guess we could do something out there if we needed to, if, if the weather played out the, the way we didn't want it to. <laughs> well, no, I mean, in the fall, we, we usually don't go real late on beans around where we know we're going to apply to try to get a big enough window, get it off and have plenty of time in the fall. And then we can usually find a good window. You know, everything's the relationship with your dragline guy. So I'm always looking at the forecast. And if I, if I see something, you know, in five days or seven days, it's good to call and say, Hey, next Tuesday, I think you can get on, you know, and, and, and be proactive is, is the main thing. Cause <laughs> you know, if, if four or five of them are in front of you, then you're going to miss that window. So yeah. that's, 
That's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah, you're right. That relationship and, and the communication with your dragline person is is so critical to, to making this all work. Are, are you seeing permanent lines getting put up in your area, or is the cost still too high for that, where they, they just end up dragging lines further and further? Yeah, um, we're, you know, we're looking at uh, separation technology. And when I was looking at it four or five years ago, you couldn't have the smaller equipment. And more of those are hitting the marketplace. So uh, we're looking at that now, potentially separating it, getting the solids to other fields, and maybe being able to put it through drip lines, you know, buried underneath the ground or something like that to keep the smell out. Um, you know, we're constantly looking at different things but the main thing in the spring you got to manage your compaction if you got <laughs> axles out there get a lot of them and try to stay off where you're going to plant your crop because you can do a lot more damage with compaction than the manure will help so yeah yeah that's, that's true uh, how about cover crop is that is that something that's getting looked at in your area or utilized when it comes to manure application maybe to give you a little firmer base to drive on or or just to pull in nutrients like nitrogen a little quicker yeah, um, I think rye would work pretty good in that situation. What we what we do in the fall, we try to go to this wheat wheat and cover crop scenario and intercrop some soybeans and lower some rates. We do some of that. Uh, but you're really seeing the cover crops green up right now. Today, right now, it's 74 degrees. So any any wheat or cereal rye has really hit that uh, growth spurt right now, and it really shows a difference. Uh, and that really does help hold you up, is like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of different ways to manage things going into this season, Jason, what, what's the game plan? Crop rotation staying the same. You mixing anything up this year? Um, no, not really anything that dramatic. We've had uh, quite a bit of acres that we've been continuous corn and continuous beans on. We're, we're switching up the rotation, really being firm back to that rotation as we've seen. Uh, some pretty decent gains when we switched back over to beans and some of the stuff we went continuous corn three or four years. You'll see about a six to 12 bushel uh, kick on your beans uh, and stuff like that. You know, if we've been on beans for a while, we see better vigor on our corn. So that's the main thing on the, on the main farm there. And then we'll continue on the, on the relay stuff to uh, fine tooth that and, and scale that up as the years go on. Sure, sure. Yeah, the separation technology that that could be really interesting if that gets economical to to do because it, it makes a lot of sense just to be able to split things up a little bit and give yourself some more options. Yeah, there's a lot of technology out there, and it's all you know these big scale things. But that in specific, I, I got a quote the other day, and it was a little over a hundred thousand dollars that would separate about a million gallons of manure over the course of a couple of weeks. So. There might be some guys getting this equipment and kind of doing a, a deal where they move a trailer around and, and separate stuff. But that, that would be ideal if you could get some of those, those phosphates and solids to some other fields. Because you can, you know, you can put buried lines in, but you start going over two or three miles, it gets rather expensive and you need booster pumps. And, you know, there's a lot to it if we could just get the water out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, if, if it works out that growers could share the costs like that, like like we've done with drag lines and those kinds of things, uh, it, it sure sure works. Sure makes a job for somebody and and uh, 
potentially a pretty nice income for somebody and then also makes makes it a lot nicer for all the farmers that they get to utilize that technology that otherwise wouldn't be able to do it on their own uh jason great talking to you today good luck here as you head into the spring man i'm jealous of that 74 degrees we got some snow that we need to melt up here that'd be that'd actually probably make it a mess that'd probably be too much heat for us yeah all right. Well, thank you well, again, Jason. I got Jason. caught up in your oh. blizzard. Yep. Oh, uh, right. You got thank caught. You, you got caught in the blizzard here. Yeah, I was up in Britain uh, last week, and man, it it hit me by surprise. The uh, what a little bit of wind can do in your neck of the woods. Oh yeah, yeah. No kidding about that. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's leave the blizzard talk behind. Let's let's focus on the spring, Jason. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. We'll see you. Talking spring manure on the show today. Again, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And I had a question come in. This one came from Nate. He said, guys, you were talking about wind erosion on a, a previous uh, topic. And I was just kind of curious, how do you manage wind erosion in corn? And as we're talking about manure application here, it's actually something we've changed up on our farm, how we manage wind erosion too. So we've been taking more corn silage, so cutting uh, basically maybe 18 inches off the ground, 12, 18 inches off the ground with our stalks. And um, I know some guys might cut them a little shorter, but we leave them just a little bit longer. And we thought, okay, that'll that'll probably catch a lot of wind. So that's one way that growers will do it. But where we've taken off silage, we just have an extra month there of growing season where we don't have a lot of protection for the soil. So we've been raising a cover crop on there trying to hold our soil in place. We've just been putting out oats. It's been very inexpensive for us. We just need a little bit of rain to get it started. That's really the trick to the whole thing and getting it seeded as close as we can after harvest. Uh, but that's been a pretty good way for us for a lot of growers they'll just leave the corn stalk residue on top of the ground and that really helps out with with wind erosion as well so a few different ways that farmers will do it but certainly we want to keep our soil in our field as much as we can we'll continue the discussion on spring manure and take your calls and questions right after this Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Morton buildings are made to last for generations. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, we are committed to quality. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC Herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 Herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. 
Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. Cold weather draining your batteries? Nothing delivers peace of mind like a quality battery charger from CNB. Going on now? Buy three batteries and get the charger on sale. Learn more or shop online at DeerEquipment.com. CNB, your local John Deere dealer of choice. Offer runs until May 2023. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. When you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. So call Farm Shop MFG today at 712-520-6051. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Been talking about the exciting discussion on spring manure. Yes, that is nutrients for your crop. It's just, oh my goodness, it's it's work. And certainly there's some smell and those types of things involved. But uh, it's some great tips there. Last guest that we had on, um, actually the last couple of guests that we were talking to, both talked about, hey, we got to know what we're putting out there. We got to know what the analysis is. Uh, make sure we're putting things in the right place and and doing the best that we can managing the manure to to produce the most crop that we can get. So all those things are great, but you know what? It comes with stress. And many times when we talk about spring manure application, it's because well, I couldn't get it done in the fall, and I stressed about it all winter, and I'm stressed about it this spring. And hey, like where we're farming, we we've still got feet of snow out there, so it's not going to happen. And believe me, there are growers right now stressing about this. And I want to talk just a little bit about mental health, and I'm going to bring on a guest here, Lisa Homer with FMC, uh, to talk just a little about mental health and and what's happening, and and a big effort that FMC is making right now. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I think farming is the most fun occupation in the world, but I also think it's probably the most stressful one. And unfortunately, as uh, as we're out there in the field, a lot of times by ourselves, uh, mental health issues come up and, and they need to be talked it, about and discussed. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one of the things that made it important for FMC to kind of shine a light on this. Um, issue is, I mean, safety is is an incredible um, point that FMC tries. It's one of our biggest uh, points that we talk about in terms of how we are uh, functioning or how we are measuring up as a company. And so um, before we even talk about financials in our meetings, we talk about our safety scores and how well we're doing. So I think that we kind of wanted to take it a step further and talk about your taking care of your, your mental well-being as well as your physical well-being. And yeah, and farming, I try to explain to 
people, you know, who aren't in the ag industry. And it's like, you know, some people like, oh, you take your work home with you or you don't. Well, you don't have that choice um, when you're when you're a farmer. Right. You, you you live your job. It's your life. And so it can it, the stress can it's just not something you can walk away from. No, and it's constant and it, it comes in a variety of forms. And I, I know some of us do a better job dealing with some of the stresses than others, whether it's the grain markets or just the crop conditions or the weather that's coming. There's there's always something that you can worry about out there. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, about the program Uproot the Stigma. Sure. So Uproot the Stigma is um, a hashtag uh, for the, the program that um, we started last year with um, Farm Futures magazine. And that was, we put together um, a special issue of the magazine just to shine a light on the issue. And the, the goal was threefold. One, give people the resources that they would need um, to find help or to talk to somebody or whether they were experiencing the problem or whether they felt that there was somebody in their life who was experiencing it and they weren't sure how to help. So one, resources that are available. Two, get rid of this idea that it is a sign of weakness if I talk about the fact. Um, the studies show that 40% of growers see prioritizing or having poor mental health is a sign of weakness. So we just kind of want to try and get people over that piece of it. And then finally, make it something that you're willing to talk about to someone else. If somebody isn't behaving the way you know they normally would, ask them. And it's as simple as, are you doing okay? Is there, are you, can I help you with something? And it's just knowing that you're not alone out there. So it started a while ago and I appreciate the, the partnership that you guys uh, have shown in letting us talk about it and kind of create that awareness. Well, there are just so many things here that as you were talking, Lisa, I was just thinking, man, we, we're often as farmers in rural areas, in small little towns, we may not have great mental health resources just right in our hometown. And that can be a struggle too, that oh, I don't know where to turn for this. And also, I know a lot of farmers would say, I don't want everyone in my town knowing what I'm doing here. And uh, so there might be a little bit of that going on mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's the point there are, um, we are hoping we can eventually create more awareness so that we can drive some um, agriculture focused support lines for this that would be nationwide. Um, there are some that are available, but they're, you know, state by state. Uh, so a lot of times that mental health professional isn't there, but there are other things that you can do. I mean, if you have a, a pastor or a close friend or, or any other type of relationship of, of somebody that you trust, or even just saying something out loud to your spouse of, I don't, think I'm managing this well. Um, your, your regular uh, doctor, just your um, primary care physician, talk to them. They can help get you in touch with somebody. Um, and it doesn't have to get to the point of, oh, I'm not suicidal. I'm just kind of, you know, I just feel this certain way. But it, you don't have to. And, and I think that was one of the most important things that I think I discovered in, in my own personal journey on this is that you get to a point where you think that's just how you have to feel. You're just sad or you're just not a happy person. And, and then you realize that, you know, depression uh, is chemical imbalance. And once you talk to somebody or once you get the right medication or whatever it takes, you don't have to feel that way anymore. And it's like this weight 
gets lifted. And um, I just think that I wish everybody could understand that you don't have to feel that way. It's not hopeless. There's help. One of your main points you had, Lisa, was just being willing to talk to others, being willing to see your friend or your neighbor or your relative and, and noticing that they're struggling and just say, hey, are, are you OK? Can I help you with anything? Because as farmers, that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on is if somebody in our community needs help, man, tractors show up and people show right. up. And so we're, we're willing to do that. And, and you got to be willing to do that for a friend or a relative or a neighbor to say, hey, you know what I, I can it, it looks like things aren't going great right now and and we've been there too can we help you uh, man we'd mm-hmm. love to love to step in because there, there's going to be tough times there's going to be tough things that come up on the farm and and we don't have to be on an island trying to do it all ourselves no and I think that is we are farming is a community that is absolutely as you just said 100% there to offer the help they are terrible at asking for that. Um, (laughs) Have you been talking to my wife, Lisa? That sounds exactly (laughs) like what my wife would say. I'm terrible at asking. And, and I mean, and I think you can't, and and that's why I think in, in this, you know, in this community, in this, in this, you know, industry that we work in, it's important that you may have to be the one to take the first step of, are you okay? You're going to have to get out there and offer the help and come forward um, with the help because, again, it's a part of that stigma of it, it's I'm showing weakness if I admit that I, I need to talk to somebody or, or, or something else. So it, it's just, you know, being an, a functioning part of this community is taking care of each other. Um, and it's just, it was just something that we thought we couldn't be silent about anymore. And if I can make one person speak up and say, Hey, I'm not really sure if I can, you know, how to manage this, or I'm feeling very anxious or I'm depressed or whatever it is. If you find some help and, and feel and, you know, get better, that's, that's worth it. Yeah. It's totally yeah, worth it. It sure is. Absolutely. Well, we're talking with Lisa Homer here with FMC. Uh, Lisa, where can we find the program? Where can we find more information online as well? Sure. There's a, a couple of different places. It's a fairly new program. So um, if you go to hashtag uproot the stigma, that will get you some of uh, the resources that are out there now. Um, but there's also, uh, obviously, there'll be some information on Acres TV um, and then any of the, the helplines uh, that are in that initial, pardon me, initial publication. So um, it, it's different depending on where you are in the country. So I would, I would say look for your local um, health resources as well. But hopefully we'll be able to get something out there that's more widespread in the agriculture community. Well, it's definitely needed. Uh, mental health is certainly an issue that's getting a little more uh, attention now, as, and it definitely needs it in, in our industry. Lisa, thank you so much. Really appreciate what you're doing and, oh. and hope to talk to you again down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we got a little talk about spring manure on today's show, and I know we've got some work to do on our own farm too. And I, I again, I go back to getting good soil sampling, getting good samples of the manure that you're going to be putting out there, and then matching those things up to be efficient on the farm and to to make them a positive for you rather than a potential negative. Thanks for listening to our program today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.